stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by someone new, Zach's associate stock strategist, Dan LeBeau. He's on the podcast for the first time, and he's a first-time podcaster. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, he's just joined us here at Zach's, and... Um, he's a millennial, I believe, right? We're on the edge of generation. You're right at the Z edge. And okay. Yeah. And it's kind of become a Zach's ritual here on the podcast, actually, for anyone who's new in our offices to basically come on the podcast, usually for the first time. So that's exciting. And talk about things, kind of all things millennial for some reason. Although probably this summer with the new Zach summer interns that are coming in, I usually have the interns on the show at some point too that a lot of them are going to be Gen Zs now. I think that's a given. I was reading this Bloomberg article that I just got um, from the Bloomberg Business Week, great magazine, and it was all about Generation Z and about them being consumers, not just U.S. Generation Z, but the Chinese and basically Generation Z from around the globe. And they had a couple pictures in there, and then they listed the ages just to give us an idea of who Generation Z is. And they were doing it up to age 22 was hmm. Gen Z. So anyone 23, 24 now is the very youngest age of millennials. And the oldest, just as a reminder, I always tweet this out at people too, because um, people get kind of used to like the millennial thing and thinking they're like all 25, but the oldest millennials this year are 38. So the 40 is creeping up on some of the millennials, <laughs> not so much newbies out of college anymore with those ones. So, but you're on the younger side mm -hmm. and I thought that was interesting. We've covered it a couple times, like what on the younger side, what their view of investing is. But when you're on the younger side of the millennials, you did not live through the great recession as an investor. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have been living through this great bull market run and you've been living through the era of having, you know, these super easy to use apps. Now I'm a Gen Xer and I was of the era where you had to use the old fashioned broker to, if you wanted to buy stocks and you had to buy in like groups of like 50, 75, a hundred shares. <laughs> you can just buy a couple shares. But then in the late 1990s, that's when we first got the first online brokerage companies like E-Trade. And that was a whole revolution for Gen Xers. And I feel like that sent Gen Xers down a good path for investing and we're going to discuss today whether or not that's kind of doing like the Robinhood app and some of the others are doing that for the millennial generation. I feel like it is. And then I'm curious as to what the younger millennials are buying, either trading or investing, and um, what kind of stocks are of interest because um, – I feel like it could be like a narrow band, but maybe I'm wrong. So let's discuss this. The let's discuss the Robinhood thing first. 
you were on Robin Hood, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And um, did that start in college then? or? So, yeah, I started trading Robin Hood when I was about a senior in college when I think it just started coming out and becoming okay. a big deal. And I was actually really apprehensive at first, you know, free trading. Like, it seems a little bit too good to be true. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all my friends were getting into it. And, you know, I saw the legitimacy of it. That I saw them actually pulling money out of it, you know. And yeah. That's, that's the first sign of a legitimate platform. But, you know, I, I think the idea of Robinhood being a free trading platform and allowing people to trade low volumes is, is helping the millennial generation yeah. get into investing. Like you said before, um, you know, we had to have brokers in the past and, you know, we had to be trading large volumes. So right. you know, millennials didn't have enough money to get into investing. So they weren't really interested in the markets as much as they are today, I think. Yeah. So could you literally do, or were you and your friends doing like $20 or $40? You're nodding. Yeah. yeah. You could, you could literally buy one share of like a $3 stock if you wanted to. Okay, cool. Cause this reminds me a little bit of some of the services that did spring into effect, um, in the late 1990s in addition addition to e-trade there was this thing called share builder that also let you you could do 20 bucks but it was like every month you weren't really like trading it per se but you could do basically any amount and it would buy like one share for you if you wanted or whatever was in the 30 dollars it would actually buy like 1.5 or whatever and but we had to pay fees so it was a little bit different so mm -hmm. you were a little bit uh, discouraged from doing only the 30 dollars but you could do like 100 bucks a month and it, it does add up yeah see it's, it's funny um so with with Robinhood, right? There's no fees per se, right? But it's not next technically free. So okay, what what Robinhood does is is they take your orders and they reroute it and sell these orders to market makers. So they're filling you at a little bit higher price, okay. just so these market makers can make a little bit of you know a spread on each of these transactions. So it's it it makes sense for millennials who aren't trading a lot of volume. What say like. 10 shares of something, you know, it's going to end up being like maybe upwards of a dollar that we're losing. Okay. Um, but if we're trading thousands of shares, it ends up being a lot more right. than, um, than we really should be spending. So if, if we were spending a lot more and buying a lot more shares, we'd want to use a broker like E-Trade yeah. or um, TD Ameritrade, TD Ameritrade or one Trade. of those. Exactly. Okay. Um, how do they do taxes on Robinhood? I've always wondered about this. Do they send you a tax form? or they must yeah they do um i actually have never filed taxes with oh, them before oh my I, gosh, I, I, they I, do <laughs> danny's nodding over here my producer okay so they send you the tax they, form. they do send you the tax okay. form. you're supposed to file it through <laughs> TurboTax, whatever tax yeah. service you use um but I, I don't think I made enough for IRS to really care. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they care about a couple <laughs> a couple hundred dollar gains. Uh, but Well, um, that's the interesting thing though. You start at these small amounts because you don't have that much money to invest. And we hear these stories all the time. Oh, the millennials, they're in debt. They're living in the big cities. It's expensive. They don't have any um, time to do any of these things or money to do you know, to save or to invest. But that doesn't sound to be like true. Well, yeah, as long as it's a, small amounts. Yeah, yeah, to an extent. That's what I'm saying. So we, we like to see, you know, we love the the Fang stocks, but we only love a couple of them, right? Okay. People, uh, millennials don't buy as much Google and Amazon. Okay, that because, was my next question. Yeah, like, what are you buying on be, there? Because of the price. Because, you know, oh, Amazon, what is that? That's, that? that's $2,000 yeah, a share. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That could be half, oh. half of our portfolio if we only have, you know. Four thousand dollars in there. I, th I think right. the average, the average portfolio size on Robinhood is 
about 5,000, maybe a little bit less wow, than that. that's more than I would have thought. Okay. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, it'd be not... kind of boring to buy, like, one share of Amazon. Yeah, that's, like, your entire portfolio. <laughs> right, and, right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're definitely buying. I think Apple, I've seen the most. I think every single person on Robinhood has Apple in really? some way or another. Okay. Um, and see, is that because you use the product? Yeah. Everybody okay. has an iPhone. Everybody thinks the stock's going to do nothing but go up. Okay. Um, maybe on some false pretenses, but, you know, consume, or millennials like to, like to invest in what they consume. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's true of most investors, but there's so many big consumer names that you guys are familiar with. So how does that translate to like the Facebook and Snap of the world, like those types of social media? I, I know that so, most millennials aren't really even on Facebook, but you are on Instagram and they own yeah, Instagram. Exactly. I, I don't know how many you know millennials know that Facebook own Instagram. I don't know either. But Maybe um, not many. Yeah, no. I mean, people are still investing in Facebook. And okay. I mean, Facebook is still seeing substantial growth, even though we're not using it on a day-to-day basis internationally. This, yeah. this stock is still continuing to grow. I mean, we saw year-over-year, year, uh, you know, monthly average users up eight percent just this quarter. Yeah, which is yeah. unbelievable because we thought maybe like they hit their peak, they right. hit their plateau. They've already have seventy-four percent of uh, you know total people with internet access around the world okay so that's pretty amazing yeah no it's it's crazy maybe but. there's like indian millennials who are buying the facebook stock yeah that's what over I'm in india <laughs> not sure if growing, it trades over there it's gonna be a growing brand there but yeah oh yeah for sure um so snap you didn't answer that one D- oh, yeah. does anyone are, are you buying the stock of snap i because you're, you're, i do don't, you use I don't, it does anyone use it of your age millennials I don't know. Is, are uh, snapchat's more of a, a gen z thing yeah now, I, would I think so i think the average age is like below 20 i want to say yeah um and honestly i don't like the platform i don't like the way it's set up they they shoot advertisements at you um, it's, it's not seamless, like the way Facebook and Instagram does it, where you don't even know you're scrolling through an advertisement. Yeah. So with Snapchat, I don't have a lot of confidence in it, but you know, it's up hundred percent this year so far. Well, right. So someone it's, does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it some, was really down it. in the dumps. Yeah, so no, that's think, not surprising. I think since the IPO, it's been down 60% yeah. overall, but, yeah. um, yeah, the daily active users have decreased, but they're making more money on every user. Right. So, they are I now. mean, we'll see. It's pushing some profits. What about Twitter? Do millennials use, use Twitter or invest in Twitter? Where I think, does that stand? I think Twitter is, I don't know, I almost feel like it's growing a little bit more because of Trump and yeah, Elon Musk sure. and all these influencers you using You want to go it. on there. Yeah. yeah you want to see what they say. People want to know what's going on and what our president's thinking. Yeah. Um. So I, I think there could be some potential there if influencers continue to use it, but uh, I think one of the big concerns was, you know, uh, the health of the actual platform because there's been a lot of, um, you know, abuse, I right, guess you could right. say. Uh, For sure. Beyond, like, you know, bullying and stuff like that that actually yeah. have material effects outside of the platform. But yeah. I guess the, the the management's focusing on cutting that out. They have an uh, algo do. right now that goes through and cuts out all of the abusive content. Um, and I guess it's, it's, has some positive effects on the, the platform itself. Do you and your friends invest, um, in any stocks solely for, because of the CEO, like an Elon Musk, like I love him, I'm buying Tesla or even Jack Dorsey with Twitter or Square? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know people definitely do invest in Tesla just because of Elon Musk. Okay. Interesting. Um, I am not one of those people. I, I feel like my friends aren't necessarily one of those people. 
I have bought Tesla before based off of, you know, technical levels. It, it's been very, very cyclical jumping. You've from, been trading it. Yeah, words, yeah. I, I, it's been jumping from 2250 up to yeah. north of 300. And it's done this for the last six months, like four or five times. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the CEO can matter. It, yeah, it definitely can. Okay. Uh, a lot of these are like the tech, social media. Is there any other like of the big name brands that you guys like to buy? Like I'm thinking uh, like uh, uh, Canada Goose, for instance, if you're all wearing those jackets now or yeah, Lululemon. I was going to say, yeah, Lululemon, I think a lot of us are buying. I mean, everybody okay. everybody at the gym, you go to the gym, you see pretty much 80% of the people wearing some kind of Lululemon attire. Even the guys? Even the guys. Okay. I'm glad you're on here to saying this because I take a lot of heat on StockTwits whenever I talk about Lululemon, which I do now own. I did buy some shares because I finally said, this is dumb. I love it. I'm just going to buy some. And I take a lot of heat because a lot of the guys on there are like, oh, it's only for women. What guy is wearing this nice? It's a huge part of their business now. There's yeah. plenty of guys wearing it. I, yeah, I almost feel like it's half of their, their revenue base or close to it yeah. at this point. Um, it's, and I it's know. Interesting. Like back in high school, for example, like people were ostracized for wearing Lululemon if you were a guy. Like, oh, yeah, okay. this guy is. That was pretty many years ago now. Yeah. I, I so guess things that was, have changed. That, that was about, yeah, that was about probably seven or eight years ago, right. but you know, over the course of time, they've really, they've really grown their, their men's brands. Now, why is it popular for guys? I guess just the fact that it's so comfortable, you know, okay. and, and it has that athleisure, you know, style factor that I think that a okay. lot of millennials are into. Now, um, you're not worried about the price at all. Cause I get asked this question all the time about Lulu and so it's so expensive. The price is worth it. Okay. Because this these, is what I've heard from everyone. These, these products just, they, 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 don't get overused. I mean, they don't run down. Yeah. Like I've never seen any any Lululemon product to rip, tear, have any holes. And if they do, that you take it back to Lulu and get wow a brand new product. I actually did this once. So my zipper, uh, my zipper was screwed up on one of my jackets, and this was like a hundred dollar like rain jacket. I went in there and showed it to him. Like, oh, we don't have this product anymore, but go ahead, go over to the coat shelf wow. and pick out any coat you want. So I picked out like a three hundred fifty dollar jacket wow. for the price of you know the hundred dollar jacket I bought a year and a half ago. Okay. So they're they're very good at you know. We shouldn't spread this story <laughs> as a shareholder. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but this is the good customer service. Like Apple used to be known for that. If anything went wrong with your desktop, laptop, anything, and you just took it back to the store, they'd be like, meh, you know, here's a new one. Just go use this. And that was like revolutionary at the time because no one else was doing that. So it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. They even used to do that with broken screens. I remember like, yeah. the first couple of broken iPhone screens used to take right. in there. Exactly. But you know, that's not a sustainable thing because there's, no. there's too many broken screens. Well, out yeah, there. they've, they pulled back a little bit on like what they'll do now, but it's still a good customer service overall. And the brand is enhanced by that. Mm -hmm. Well, this is good to know because I know that my producer, Danny, he also shops at Lululemon and he likes the shirts over there. So now there's like several people, guys in here. So that kind of reaffirms their strategy because they just had an annual investor day and they were talking about really pushing on the men's side now. So this is good to know. It's all, this is all anecdotal talking that we're doing here. Um, but still some good info for those of you looking around there for some investment ideas. So, okay. So big brands are popular for the millennial stock buyers. What about, um, anything else? Like I can't think of what about like some of these big unicorns that are coming public are the millennials because you would guys would be using some of these things. Like, are you going to buy Uber? 
Are you interested in Airbnb when that goes? What about like, I don't know, um, what else is gone? Pinterest? Lyft just went. Lyft. Um, so, I mean, I think we're going to get some kind of traction with these companies, but we're not idiots as millennials. And I, <laughs> <laughs> you're I don't not know. just buying anything. We're not, you just, use. we're not just buying anything, you know? And I, does it I have see, to have profit? Does it have to make I, money? For not you guys necessarily. To buy? No. no, it doesn't have to have profit, but we have to see profit in the future and okay. we have to actually want to use this product sustainably okay. and see it as a growing, you know, enterprise. Growing yeah, growing yeah. enterprise. Um, and, you know, I, I was going to point out Lyft, you know, we as millennials aren't going to buy Lyft because we see it. We can see how right. much we're being charged on the ride. And we sometimes ask the driver, how much are you making on this ride? And it's always more. Okay. So I, it just it baffles me how they think they can ever make money without raising the price and right. And this a, is what I've said. Unrealistic yeah. amount. And, okay. You know that's just going to lose market share. But I, I think it's going to end up being predatory pricing between Lyft, Uber, and whatever other ride sharing company there is out there. And I think one of them is going to fail. Okay. If not more than one. All right. Well, that's something we're going to be looking at for sure. Because yeah, I'm not sure how they're ever going to make money either. Yeah, but, it's, it's going to be interesting to say. Okay. What about your parents' types of stocks? <laughs> Let's just call them that. Like Cisco, Microsoft, um, you know, the old tech names, Intel. What, where do those fit in? Does anyone care? Do they invest in those at all? Yeah, no. I mean, Microsoft is still a product we use today. I mean, okay. like, think about the Xbox. That's a Microsoft product. It and is, A lot yeah. of millennials are still using the Xbox. And, okay. I think we're aware of all of the cloud computing that Microsoft is up to nowadays. Yeah. And we understand that this is a growing enterprise, especially with big data being the, a centerpiece to, um, you know, any business today. I mean, you're going to have to use big data and analyze big data if you want to be competitive in any kind of, um, you know, landscape. Yeah. Uh, but. Does it scare you at all that you and all of your friends seem to be invested in the same exact stocks? <laughs> I don't know. Suddenly I'm like, um, this might not be good well, going into the future. I mean, we did have the 20% pullback, you know, in December 2018, well, through December, I should say. And that was pretty brutal. And a lot of these same big beat, these popular names all did sell off at the same time. Yeah. And, you know these big companies, they're going to have the biggest moves down and the biggest moves up. Okay. And that's the concern I think with a lot of investors nowadays is that the beta for these things is just too high. Yeah. Um, but I mean, me personally, I don't really invest in Fang. Okay. I, I look more towards, you know, sustainable growth companies that not everybody's looking at. Um, I was, I was looking a lot into semiconductors. I just recently bought, uh, Broadcom, ABGO. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I bought them, actually, it wasn't that recently. It was just, I think it was at the end of last summer when they uh, acquired CA Technologies. I bought it off because the the stock plummeted once they bought CA Technologies. Investors didn't see any synergies between them. And uh, I thought that the company, CA Technologies, was going to broaden the customer base and allow Broadcom to, to connect with more customers at the, the same time as, you know, leveraging a uh, business technology company like CA Technologies. But, okay. Where do you guys get all your information? Like, um, do you do you send messages to each other? Do you get it off of the Robinhood app? Do you read the Wall Street Journal? Like, where so does it come? There's there's a couple things. There's this thing called uh, stock. 
I think it's Stocktwits. Yeah, Stocktwits. Stocktwits, a lot of millennials using that and just trying to get market sentiment with that. And, you know, I don't necessarily agree with everything that's on there. No. Because people are just trying to push their stock a lot of the times. They're just trying to make people. Who would do that? (laughs) (laughs) As I laugh. (laughs) I get accused of this all the time. Tracy, you're just pumping this. And I'm like, I have no position, people. (laughs) I, I I will reveal like when I own something and I don't even own this one, but I still get accused of it. But anyways, continue. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think people are a little bit weary. Me personally, I'm a little bit weary about the, some of the stuff they say, but I think there's definitely some good information there, especially some of the technical knowledge that yeah, people, for sure. people bring to the table. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because they, they have a couple million people on the platform now, I think. It's like 2 million, 1 million, 2 million, something like that. I'm not it's, sure what the user It's pretty bases, big, but yeah, yeah. for that small universe of, hey, I care about stocks and I want to talk about them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is bigger than what you might think. So, yeah. okay, that's good to know. Um, okay, so a lot of information just coming off the inter- internet. And what about like the old style? Um, we talked a little bit about old style tech, but just the old style companies in general is anyone buying you know manufacturing banks um like visa mastercard or is it would it only be like paypal or something like that i mean i, I know a lot of people uh a lot of my buddies last year i think it was over the summer when the fed was was talking very hawkish we were buying banks up okay um, like jp morgan you know so you will play the trends then. yeah you'll yeah, okay. we'll play the trends we'll buy jp morgan you know bank of america even smaller companies like comerica but we've, I mean, I've sold out of all my bank positions okay. off of, you know, the dovish Fed talk that started in December. Um, what do you guys, okay, what do you guys think about, like, some of the financial gurus that are out there? Does anyone um, of your friends, you know, do any of you follow, like, what Warren Buffett is doing or, I don't know, some big of the big hedge fund managers? Does anyone care what goes on uh, with that? Honestly, no. no. I don't think okay. anybody really follows that. I mean, yeah, okay. we've all heard of the the Buffett trade where whatever yeah. Buffett buys, it jumps up, you know, whatever amount of percentage, percentages after that. But um, no, I, I, I think we're a little bit past that at this point. Okay. You know, I mean, hedge funds and big traders are a dying breed nowadays for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely Warren, scarce now. Warren Buffett lost an unbelievable amount of money, not only with Kraft Heinz, but I think overall 2018, that was just one of his biggest losing years. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out because they're having their annual meeting this weekend. Are they? So, yeah, okay. he's going to hear about it from his shareholders. Okay. That'll be interesting. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, okay, so, yeah, this is interesting. It, we're covering a lot of ground here. Um, can't think of anything else that I might be asking about the young millennials. Oh, how about this? Do you guys care if you're investing in like an IRA? Like I know Robinhood was thinking about starting an IRA that you could have on the app. I'm not sure if they've launched that yet. They were thinking about it, I think. But I think you can get it on some of the other apps like the Acorn or there's a couple of other ones that are out there that are the low cost ones. Is that a thing for the younger millennials or is it is it just like, no, I, I'm I'm just getting started and I have the school loans and all this other stuff and no, I don't want to deal with that? I would say all my friends are investing for retirement right now. Whether it's, they are? Whether it's an IRA. Yeah. Oh, honestly, I'm they, they, A lot of them are just using the 401ks yeah. that the, the company matches. Okay. I mean, a lot of companies do what? The the 4% yeah. match, Um, you know. Okay, good. 50% of the whatever of the match. Yeah. Um, now, but, what's the impetus for that? 
just because you've always heard like we need to be doing this, we should be doing this. Well, or? it's it's the match. Okay. I think the match, the free think, money. Yeah, they, they think that they're losing out of money if they don't do it. Okay, good. Um, and I mean, people think about this. You know, you can use your four hundred one k to put a down payment on a house. I think a lot of people are using that nowadays as a down payment, and okay. people are leveraging it. Okay. And investing more into it. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay, good. Good to know. I don't do cover a lot of financial, like personal finance on the show, but occasionally I like to to delve into a little bit about like what's going on there with retirement and everything else. Um, all right. So basically we've concluded you and your friends here, at least in Chicago, are buying a lot of the tech stocks, the branded stocks, not these other kind of old time stocks, those are kind of off the radar, but that's okay because we all start with the, the popular ones. That's yeah, how it is. Yeah, no, it's, it's always the start. I mean, yeah. a lot of the kids that I know that actually do do investing and go a little bit further into the trading deal with oil a lot. Okay. A lot of my buddies have been, uh, it's wow. Kind of, it's stupid. I don't know why they're doing this. They 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 buy out leveraged oil and they think it's underpriced and okay. sell it out. Wow. A couple of my buddies were doing it right before uh, you know, oil production releases. Uh, I feel like what is it, every other Wednesday or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um <laughs> okay, that's they a little more advanced. enormous amounts of money and gain or it was it was okay. literally just betting. It was it was, right, it was right. effectively just, you know, flipping a coin. But um, Well, speaking of coins, what about Bitcoin? I didn't ask about that. Oh yeah, what's so, happening on? What's Bitcoin, happening with millennials on that? Was, that? that was a huge trend, and you just you just hoped you got in before everybody right. else did. I was lucky. I got in um, right before it took off. I bought a couple coins of ether. Okay. And I also got lucky, and I sold it at the right time. Wow. Just, it was so funny because I just needed the money. I wasn't actually like confident <laughs> it was going to go down. I just needed the money. I think I sold it at about a thousand. I bought it at about three hundred. So wow. I made a pretty good profit there. But yeah, I know a lot of people that bought it on the highs. Okay, They're like they do they still it. own it? Yeah, they still. Own okay, it. everybody so still like, owns it, but like, it's rebounded. It. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's up to what, like five thousand? Yeah. Or something. I mean, it's not back to twenty or anything. Uh, but but I, I had some buddies that put a couple grand in when it was like sixteen, seventeen thousand. I just shook my head. I'm like, wow. man, you really think it's gonna go up to fifty? Like, if this isn't utilized in any way, <laughs> like, it's it's a meaningless, you know, a meaningless yeah. currency. Okay, so they haven't totally turned asset. their their backs on it. They haven't. I I just think they're 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 just chalked up at this point. They're just yeah. gonna ride it out and okay. see what happens. But nobody's buying anything new in it, it doesn't sound like. I actually did just have a buddy buy uh, Dog, D-O-G-E, oh, based I don't know off that of one. something that Elon Do Musk you? said uh -oh. the other day. <laughs> Him um, again. Yeah, right. And I, I feel like Elon Musk just had, you know, a bunch of uh, a bunch of dog coins and he just wanted right. to in inflate the price temporarily just so he could sell. <laughs> right. But um, don't tell the SEC. Yeah. Wait, do they even regulate that? I'm not sure. I don't. They might not. I don't think so they do. I, I guess it's okay. Yeah, you yeah. probably could manipulate that price. <laughs> um, okay, so that's interesting. Um, all right, so we've covered, I think, all the investing areas. Can you think of anything else that I don't know? I don't know. Um, is there anything else I should know about the young millennials? I mean, we're not just investing in tech stocks. Like, every, I, pretty much everybody that I know has an ETF, like an oh, overall okay. market cover. We didn't ETF. cover those. Yeah. Um, like, we're, we're looking at IVV and uh, VOO. Um, those are the two biggest ones that all my friends are in. Like, I feel like okay, that's like fifty percent of their portfolio a lot of the times is allocated to those, and then they have fifty percent of just play money where they'll they'll bounce around different stocks. Is anyone in bonds at all? 
No, no, Michigan. no one's no. in bonds. I no. mean, interest rates I, are I so don't know low why you right would now. be. Yeah, <laughs> I have some buddies that are in CDs, but I'm just baffled by it. Like, okay. interest rates are so low, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, the market's still still on the yeah. rise. Okay. But, um, and what do you think of this bull rally in general? Are you and your friends into it? Are you nervous about it? Do you think it's going to come to an end soon or what's th- the story? I mean, I think everybody, it's eventually going to come to an end here. It's yeah. just a matter of time. Um, I mean, I feel like investors have been saying this for the last, you know, three or four years. Yeah. Oh, we're at the end of the end of the rally. But um, I personally don't think we're going to see a big downturn like we did in 2000 or yeah, 2000 yeah. or 1999, the, the dot-com bubble bust. Yeah. And then I don't think we're going to see the same thing we did there or the 2008 drop. I think it's going to be more of a maybe steady decline to flat, um, you know, slow growth. Do valuations on any of these companies concern you or your friends when you buy? Like, are you like, oh, I shouldn't buy Facebook. It's trading at 30 times. <laughs> The ones that know about stocks will look at valuations. Okay. Some of everyone them, else doesn't everyone care. Everyone else is just going to jump into it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So um, do people buy Netflix? We didn't talk about the N. Um, yeah. In Fang. Yeah. Is that a popular Netflix. one? Because um, that's not cheap, that one. Yeah. What is it? It's like 200 something? That yeah. 300 maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, people, I think people are still buying Netflix. It's, it's definitely been booming this year so far. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant to jump into it anytime soon just because of Disney Plus coming out with their their right. platform. And I think they're going to take a huge amount of market share from them considering that they're offering it at $6.99 compared to Netflix's $12.99. Yeah. And they're going to be pulling a lot of content off of Netflix yeah. for this yeah. for this move. So it's going to be interesting to see the, the battle there. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been interesting. It was good for your first inaugural podcast here at Zach's. I'm sure you'll be doing more. Mm-hmm. I will have Dan on again because he's just sitting here in our office. We can just get him down here into the studio to talk about all things stocks. So let's recap some of the, the stocks we talked about here. So we had Amazon and Google, A-M-Z-N. Google is G-O-O-G-L. And those they're not buying, by the way, because they're just too pricey. Then Apple, A-A-P-L. Facebook is F-B. Snapchat is Snap. I think it's actually Snap is the name of the company. I always just call it Snapchat, though. But Snap is Snap, S-N-A-P. Twitter, T-W-T-R. Tesla is T-S-L-A. Lululemon is L-U-L-U. Then Microsoft, M-S-F-T. Broadcom, what is the Broadcom ticker? A-V-G-O. A-V-G-O. That's the weird one because they used to be Avago. That's right. And then a couple of ETFs they like, VOO and IVV are some of those that are mentioned. So that's a lot of uh, investing ideas. Of course, most of them are the ones we all know, but they are the ones that are working right now. So you want to be sure to tune in every week here at the Market Edge to get all of our podcasts because I'm always bringing you what's going on out in the market and um, bringing on millennials. And soon this summer, the Generation Zs will be on to give us their insight um, I'm going to really find out if they're all using the Robin Hood and what they're doing and what they're buying, which should be interesting to find out. So don't miss a single episode. Get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Spotify. There's
there's not many of you on Spotify yet. I feel like we're a little hard to find over there, but Zach's Market Edge, or maybe they put it under my name, Tracy Reinick's Market Edge, I think it is. Danny's nodding. So yeah, it's under my name, Tracy Reinick's Market Edge on Spotify, or you can get us on SoundCloud where you also get the Value Investor Podcast. So two podcasts for one over on SoundCloud, but be sure to get us because I'll be back again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.